All right, bet, man, I'm in here. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tuesday, day after Memorial Day. Didn't think I'll be recording so soon, but, you know, when things happen in the world and you feel like you, you need to speak out and say something, you have to do it. And for me, as somebody who has a platform, somebody who, who wants to, to talk about things that matter, somebody who wants to provide a unique perspective on what goes on in the world, then, you know, I feel almost obligated to get on here and say something today. And if you follow me and if you know me, you know I'm not afraid of any topic. You know I'm not afraid to tackle anything. You know I'm not afraid to get underneath somebody's skin. So today I'm here to do the same thing. But before I get into the topics today, I'm going to ask you one question. Which knee hurts more? Just think about it. Which knee hurts more? And I want you to look in the background back here. Oops, wrong shoulder. Not the Gucci shoulder. This shoulder right here. Freedom. Where are you? You know what I'm saying? Just think about that, right? Think about this jersey I'm wearing right here, this Nike number seven jersey to, to, for Colin Kaepernick, right? The one who took the knee that apparently hurt the entire country, the one who took the knee who lost his opportunity to play football, the one who took a knee to try to stop this cop from taking a knee on our dear brother George Floyd's neck. That's what he took that knee for. All right, so I just want to ask y'all, which knee hurts more? Because it seemed like the football knee was the problem. But I don't think so. I think the message that the football knee was trying to talk about was the problem because that's, a message that's action that some people want to continue to see in this world because it keeps happening so much. So what do we do? We punish the social figure for trying to call us out on our BS. But look here. Hey, 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 it's the B. Motherfucking B. I'm back, but I got some stuff to say. Boy, I got a lot to say today. All right, so again, which knee hurts more? And if you if you don't walk away with anything from this, all I want you to do is to go back to your thoughts, go home, go to your friends, whoever you may be, and start thinking about solutions. And when you think about which knee hurts more, okay? You think about how we can stop cops from taking knees on, on throats and players from wanting to take knees on field so we can end police brutality in America. So for starters, we had, we had what do y'all call the white ladies now? Karens, right? We had Karens. Thanks, Denise. We have Karens, right? And, you know, I get the, I see the video last night and I'm pissed off at Karen and I'm like, hey, I'm just going to throw this into my to my notes for my next pot. Not thinking that. I was going to be potting today, a day after I potted to talk about something serious, not thinking about the day after Memorial Day, where we talk about people who gave their lives for our country. Am I going to have to focus my podcast on? 
another black man losing his life in this country. But let's get back to Karen. Karen was on the was in the park with a dog, not on a leash. Something that typically happens. I, I, I see it all the time. And then the man asked her to put the dog on a leash. She doesn't like it. Hey, white audacity. Leash laws. Get your damn dog on the leash. We don't want your dog around here. We don't know what your dog is going to do to us. So get that dog away from me. Get it on the leash. Now, he begins recording because he's a smart man, knowing that anything he says or do can be taken out of context and understand that if a black man has an issue with a white woman, the white woman is initially going to be the victim every single time, right? So we have to be careful when dealing with these situations. So I'm not upset with this young man for recording this later. And what does she do? She threatens to, she says that this man is being violent towards her. Again, what is this, a, a death threat? Is she, is she making a call right now? She calling in a hit on this man because that's the life that we're living in these days. Okay. And yes, she got fired. Yes, she gave a bad apology. But shout out to Candace, man. I, I talked to the young queen, Candace, and we talked about that. And maybe this woman should have just gave an authentic apology. I mean, I don't know how you authentically apologize for doing something that you meant to do that quickly, trying to inflict harm on somebody. But just acknowledge that you're messed up, that you did something wrong and you are using fear. You're using the threat of the police to stop somebody from trying to get you to be a law-abiding citizen. Oh, yeah, that's white audacity. We got to get rid of that. We got to eradicate white audacity. But I think this has become the new rape charge, the new rape allegation, excuse me, the new false rape allegation. Let's just say, hey, police, let's just, this person is doing this, this, this to me. And hopefully, you know, the boys come in and they take justice into their own hands. And hey, we already have a criminal justice system that's against us, that sentences, that sentences us more sternly than other people. Why not just put the law into the officer's hands so they can come in for the kill? But to George Floyd, my question, which knee hurts more? My next question is, how do we make our lives matter more? Okay, there are so many different stances we can take this. You can look at the individuals, you can look at the institutions, you can look at the groups of people in the institutions who have individual actions and responsibilities. But I ask any and everybody, what do I do as a black man, as a African-American to make my life matter more to you? I know how much it matters to me. I know how much it matters to my loved ones, but how do I make my life matter more to you, because at the end of the day, I don't always control my destiny. I can only control myself. I can't control you, but what can I do to make you care more about me? And I don't need you to care about me to know about how my day is going. I don't need you to care about how my family's doing. All I need you to do is give a fuck enough that I can get home to see my family at the end of my day. And God forbid I break a law and I deserve to get locked up. I want to make it to see my trial. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I make it to trial? At least can I go see a bail judge so I can go home for a couple days? But how do we make our lives matter more? But look at it. We've marched for years. We've rioted before. 
We post on social media. We make songs. But at the end of the day, we came here as less than humans. And that's how they treat us here hundreds of years later. Okay? Now, we came here less than humans. We came here as chattel property. Property. When you get tired of your property, what do you do? You get rid of it. People get tired of niggas. What do they do? They kill us. Then as slaves, we were even counted, what, the three-fifths compromise? We were three-fifths of a person. We were not considered an entire human being, okay? So that's then. This is now. I still don't feel like we're valued as one human being. Oh, yes, I can cast my one vote. I get now I get recognized in a census as a person. Got it. But that's on paper. What's in action? Okay. What do we have to do? Because I can only fix what I can control. What can I do as a black American to make my situation better? And for the people who say it's a police problem. It, it, it's it's a system it's, it's it's a systematic problem yes sure whatever but I, it's a people problem because at the end of the day everything that happens is one person or a group of people against another group of people now i'm going to tell you i don't know what george floyd did at this point i don't care what george floyd did i didn't watch the video i'm not going to watch the video i've watched enough videos of people being restrained by officials, police, and and they still die. If you got me on the ground, you need to knee in my neck, put the goddamn cuffs on me, and put me in the back of the car. If you need to subdue me, tase me. Put the cuffs on me, put me back in the car. If you need to use a chokehold for someone who is resisting, briefly choke them to disarm them, put them in the cuffs, put them in the car. But it goes to training. It's a training thing. There's a num- You want to build a certain numbness, as a numbness to violence when you work in, in field where you have to be violent at times because you want to be able to act decisively. I understand that, but understand that it appears a particular group of people are being hunted. And yes, again, back to me saying it's not a police problem. Let me tell you something. George Zimmerman was not a police. Whoever the motherfuckers was in Brunswick, yeah, he was a police, but was not currently a police. So it's bigger than just the shield that these police wear on their chest. Do I feel that people get emboldened when they get a title that allows them to have authority over people? Absolutely. I'd be crazy not to think that. But To keep it that basic is irresponsible for us. But again, what do we do? We've been on this rat wheel for years, ever since black people have been in America. We've been on this rat wheel. Okay? You can look at you can look at the 60s, you can look at the 70s, you can look at you can just look at post-segregation. We've had riots. What happened? I remember watching um, what's the show? A different world. And in the last season, they talk about the riots in LA in the early 90s because it happened when the Wayne and Whitley went out there for their honeymoon or whatever. 
It's the same shit we're talking about today in 2020. That's almost 30 years ago. That's just in my lifetime. In my lifetime, cycle repeats itself, repeats itself, repeats itself. So what do we do? It's obviously a generational issue. It's a people issue. It's an institutional issue. And many, many more issues. But the point is, it's a layered issue. It really is a layered issue. And because it's a layered issue, it requires multiple layered responses. You can't have a one size fits all. If one person believes we should revolt, okay. Maybe you do have a group of revolutionaries because guess what? It's just like negotiation. You ask for more than you want to get to get what you want, right? The threat of violence may make somebody come sit down at a table and have the conversation that you need. But then I ask you, does the threat of violence or does actual violence change the hearts and minds of the oppressors? Because at the end of the day, if the oppressor doesn't change their mind, you might win the short battle. But how do we ensure that our children, our children's children, and so on and so forth, don't feel like they're being hunted hunted in the streets. How do we make the next generation feel like they have some form of equality? Just some form of equality. Okay, we're fighting a multi-front war in an enemy country and we don't have a strategy. We don't have a leader. We don't, all we have is idea of what we should do or I think we should do this and then it turns into infighting amongst us and the crabs in the barrel and they continue to prevail every time something like this happens and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and be a hypocrite am I guilty of some of this of these things I'm talking about absolutely will I get into a contentious conversation with somebody stating my stance on how I think that we should go about this yes but what I try not to do is dismiss someone's idea because I disagree with them. Okay? I want you to be empowered to, to affect change in the way that you see fit. But what we need is organization. You can have your thoughts on Dr. King and the civil rights in the civil rights movement, but what we had coming from the civil rights movement that we no longer have now is a unified, respected voice that can get some change. I hear woke Twitter. I hear woke Facebook. I hear all of this stuff, right? But how do we take that, these ideas, okay, put them together and get a product that affects change? That's what I want to know, because what I want to do is I want to eradicate white audacity. But what we can't do is we cannot get our guns and go into everybody's house and kill every racist person in the world. Would it be nice to eradicate the racist people? Yes. Do you want to do I think we do I want to violently eradicate them? No, my hope is that, again, they have their 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 Damascus Road moment. They have that blinding light moment that makes them realize that what they're doing is wrong. It's just wrong. Like, how do you justify taking somebody's life? Imagine if it happened to you.
your family, your loved ones. But the conversation has to just get outside of the black community. It has to get outside of the minority community, okay? To my white friends, how do you feel about this? Like, what, what, how does this make you feel? Does it make you feel? Because if it doesn't make you feel, I'm deeply concerned about you. And I would love to have a public, no, private conversation with you. So maybe you can become enlightened. All right? Like, because people are going to be here. If you want to learn, you should learn. But if you see injustice going on in front of you and you have the ability to do something about it, do something about it. Great. Be pissed off. Be upset. Be hurt. Feel something. You know, Bernie wanted you to feel the burn. Yeah, this should burn inside of you. It should make you want to do something. It should make you want to change. Okay? It it, it should do something. And if it doesn't, then I'm deeply concerned about you. And you are the problem. You're not part of the problem. You are the problem. But, again, what do we do? And I hear different, 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 different speech, right? So, how do you confront the institution? How do you confront racism? I hear people who want to eradicate racism, but they don't want to confront it. They want to hide from it. And you can't hide from it. It's going to be here in your face. You can be upset with the institutions that do this thing to you, but unless you leave the country and go somewhere else, you are going to have to deal with fucked up institutions. Okay? You're going to have to deal with bad cops. But to to black cops, good black cops, who are thinking about walking away, don't walk away. We need you. But we need you to look at your peers and hold them accountable. Hold them accountable to what the badge is supposed to mean, okay? To actually protect and serve the community. Serve your community and protect them when necessary. But it's hard to protect and serve when you're afraid of the community that you are supposed to protect and serve. Immerse yourself in the community. Get to know the people that you are policing. And I bet you, if you start putting names to faces, some of these situations go a little bit differently. Some of these conversations are, are, aren't, as, aren't as bad, I promise you. But if you do see an issue with the institution and you feel like you can't fix it from the inside, get out and do what you can to fix it. We need people at the grassroots I don't know, picketing in front of in, in front of the police station. I don't know, putting pressure on your government officials or, hey, becoming a government official and try to create policies that help you and your people out. That's what we need. Again, it's a multi front war that we have to fight using different solutions. We didn't win World War II by doing the same thing in Europe that we did in the Pacific. You fight different fronts with different strategies. And the same thing here when we're fighting this this, this, this white audacity, this, this, this racism, this police brutality. It's different fights and there's different paths to go. If you can affect a person on an individual basis, 
You do it. If you can affect a large group institutionally, you do it. You do what you can because it's right. Okay? And here's another thing we can't do as black people, as people who are afraid of police. Am I typically comfortable around police? Absolutely not. I'm not because you never know what's going to happen. But we can't use interactions with police that are good and frame them poorly. We have to ensure that we don't dilute the message like the boy who cried wolf. If we cry wolf on bullshit and we finally get people ready to act and help and change their mind and it's bullshit, we lose them. And we can't lose our credibility. We can't divorce ourselves from these institutions. We have to fight them. But again, let's think about the ways that we can fight them. We have to be respectful of one another. If, if, at the end of the day, it all boils down to respect. If you respect the person to your left and your right, and that is passed on, everybody comes home happy. Maybe not happy every day, but we come home. And we're not trying to figure out which knee hurts more because there ain't no knee because we walking. We running. We driving. We're living, baby. We're motherfucking living. I just want to be treated like a human, okay? There's, there's different ways to get there, but what we have to unify and do is understand that it's a respect thing. It's all about respect. So for any and everybody who hears this, share it, please. BigBabyTheGoat.com. It'll be on the website shortly. It'll be on the YouTube page, BigBabyTheGoat23. It's going to be on my Instagram, FreeBigBabyTheGoat. This message is going to be everywhere. And what we need to do is pass it, share it, so that we can come back with solutions. And if you have a solution, put it out to the world because we have to eradicate this racism problem. We have to eradicate this white audacity. If not, we'll be eradicated. Big baby, yeah.